everybody, I'm Jeff, and this is Casual Chats in a Parallel Universe. My dad and I have been having daily conversations about family, history, life lessons, movies, news, music, and more. Now we are sharing these chats with you. So welcome to our podcast, and we hope you enjoy. So we're back. All right. Thanks for... uh, Hanging in there with us. Thanks for shopping, yeah. as we say. Yeah. I, I mean, to the audience, they don't know, but we we record, we do two episodes per sesh. Right. So we just finished episode, our, our first episode. And so now we're we're jumping in and we're hashing out topics, trying to figure out what we're going to do. Right. So, but I do like that idea. You were just asking, should we do something a little more educational? Yeah. And it's interesting because I, uh, I was watching a video and uh, this girl was talking about uh, doing her taxes for the first time, oh. and nobody have a you know didn't didn't know didn't even know that she was supposed to be doing her taxes. And actually, I, I've run into this, and I won't name names, but on uh, some of the various shows that I've worked on, some of some of the the people involved with the show were given you know quite large sums of sums of money to from the show like they were paid right and never paid taxes on it of didn't course. know that they were supposed to file taxes on oh, it, and then got upset with with the actual right. production company for not telling them that they were supposed to pay taxes when i think they actually were told that they had to that they couldn't just accept a huge sum of money you know that you have to actually pay uncle sam yeah i think i think probably most people in this country really have no understanding of the tax system or how it operates, what it's for. I can raise my hand. I, I, I really yeah, it's uh, it's you know having spent my virtually my entire adult life, you know, dealing with taxes, and uh, in my role. In two, I guess, two different roles. One is as a tax compliance person. That means the person that makes sure that you as a taxpayer comply with the tax law. That's one. And then two is as a uh, tax strategist in trying to structure business deals or personal deals so that you pay the least amount of tax. But, you know, to go to the, the talking about these people that are on these game shows as an example, uh, the Internal Revenue Code is, I think, when the last time I looked at it was, it's in the thousands of pages, thousands. And then on top of that, well, the, the ta- I don't know if the tax code is thousands. It's probably at least 8,000 or more. And then the regulations which interpret the code uh, are in the thousands of pages. I'm sorry, you lost me already. I was thinking about what I had for breakfast this morning. Oh, yeah, I, so it's really getting uh, no. Dull. I mean, but this is this is just even talking about it. I mean, this is it puts you to sleep. Yeah, I mean, most people. But you can go to jail if you don't properly file right, your taxes. Right, so, right. or end but, up end up owing. But a my, lot of my point that I'm going to make is is that. In one little sentence in this tax code and the regulations, 
amongst it, all these thousands amongst of all pages. these laws and everything it says all income from whatever source derived is taxable wow that means everything is taxable right everything all money everything is taxable in that one sentence and then they spend all the rest of the thousands of pages telling you about ways to reduce that income. How to cheat it. Uh, deductions. Sure. Deductions are... Tomato, tomato. Yeah. So <laughs> it's... Uh, but but from a compliance standpoint, here you are, you're, you're a, a guy, just a blue-collar guy on a TV show, and all of a sudden, you've won a car. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, what kind of a car is it? Oh. It's worth $125,000, this car. Yeah, that's the MSRP. That's how much it's worth. Right. Okay. Well, great. So I can just, I get the car for free, right? Yeah. They're just going to hand me the the, uh, the, the title? Keys. You watch them drive off on yes, the Yes, that's it. It's their car. Yeah. What happens next? Well, you're supposed to pay income tax on that $125,000. Well, if you're a blue-collar guy who's probably barely making ends meet. In this day and age, yeah, most blue-collar people are. What in the hell? Where are you going to come up with the cash to, well, I mean, you could. Well, what is the cash? Like, what do we What do we have to come up with? Like, what usually... Well, the, the easiest, from, from the standpoint of us just talking. It's like 8%? No, 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 no. From just talking, but for an example purpose. Sure. 25% would be a reasonable thought of how much you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So you're what are we talking about? You Maybe $30,000 $30, of cash? $30,000 of tax? That doesn't sound very reasonable. Where are you, where are you going to come up with that cash, baby? You know, you got no savings. You got credit card debt out your bazooty. Right. And, you know, where am I going to, I'm worried about where I'm coming up with food for the table. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm not going to pay it. Well, I mean, you could buy a car for $30,000. So what, you know. Uh-huh. Why, uh -huh. why pay this? There lies the problem. Right. So what do you do? Walk away. Well, is it as simple? Well, maybe what I can do is I can trade in the car on a cheaper car. Mm. Okay, and walk away with a bunch of cash. So I got a hundred twenty-five thousand dollar car. They paid thirty thousand dollars. No, no, I oh, didn't oh. pay anything for it oh, yet because I, I ain't paying. I'm not paying my taxes. Oh. No, this is the this is the brain the the, oh, no, 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 the no, idea. You, but uh, you this, can't walk a, on a game show. You can't walk. Away. They won't let you have the car until you pay your tax. So, no, right? no, that's not. No, no. Oh, they, I thought you had to. They no, made you like pay it on the no, spot. No, are you kidding? These people don't get into helping you. They don't. You know, the only place that that happens is at the dog track or the horse. The uh, when, when you're betting, oh. when you're betting, when you make a big win, right. like like ten over no, ten no, grand. Yeah, no, I understand. No, all that. no, you end up paying the tax. They they actually they take the take tax them out. take the well they take. You no, know, I always thought the understanding was like when you and I mean now we're getting and getting into the weeds a little bit, but when you were on a game show, like yeah. let's say Price is Right, right, and you win the big the big prize, that you you could not accept the prize until you paid. 
Yeah. No. That, that they sat you down and like, you can't walk out no. with X. So no. you can walk out with X. Of course you and can walk you have out to with X. report it on your taxes. Of later. course you can walk. Look, first of all, there is no law that I know of. Now, of course, I'm not an expert in these game shows. Sure. And I'm not an expert in the taxation of game show winnings. Right. But I do know everything is taxable. Because we don't Because I just told you right. it's taxable. We don't want anybody coming back. No. This and and, and more, and more than that, to my knowledge, there is no law uh, withholding. It's not like an employer and an employee where you're paying an employee wages and you are withholding income tax right. from their wages because that is part of the Internal Revenue Code and the rules under the code that an employer has to withhold that tax. So there, okay. ha there has to be a law that says that. Okay, got it. So I'm I'm telling you, I am not aware of any such law. So, and as you know better than any, much, much better than me, you know that the TV show, unless they're required to do something, right. they are not going to spend any, even a penny on, you know, advising somebody what they need to do. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Now they might, you know, somebody on the show might say, don't forget, you know, you need to go t talk to your tax advisor, you know, to help you with this. No, but whatever, <laughs> you would think that would be a simple thing to do. But, uh, and even, even if they told them that, the vast majority of these people, it's just going to go in one ear and out the other because I would just want a $125,000 right. car. Um, or you do what most, actually, I think what most people would do is just be like, oh, yeah, I'll worry about that later. Right. When it comes exactly. to the tax time. Exactly. And, or just, and tax time's April, it, April, April 15th, you know, right. and if, if this occurs in, you know, I don't know, June, September, yeah. June, September, and you win the car and you're driving it around and you're enjoying it and everything. And all of a sudden it's April 15th of the following year, which is when you pay or file your tax return for the income that you earned in the prior year, maybe it slips your mind. Yeah. Uh, but what didn't slip the TV show's mind is they issue a little form right. called a 1099 that says they paid you this money or this value. And so the IRS knows you got that money. And if you file your tax return and you forget that you uh we're supposed to put that income on your return or the value of the car on your return. Uh, the IRS has a matching system in their, their system, your social security number. And if that $125,000 on the 1099 doesn't match your tax return, if it doesn't show up in your tax return, you're going to get a letter from the IRS that says, you know, we, noticed that you had 125 that you didn't report. So we're we're revising your return for you and we're billing you for this extra tax. Right. Woe to be you. And then you have to deal with all of that. And that you get into, you know, what they call the collection division of IRS, which is not fun. No. That is not a fun thing. So it's it's uh when you deal with you know, prize winners, um, when there's cash involved, like a lottery, a state lottery, different rules apply. You know, there uh, that that it does require the tax be paid out of those proceeds. Um, but I don't know of anything. And of course, our listeners may 
may say, oh, but you're wrong. Right. They do. And, you know, don't. But I'll check because you've raised a good point. Well, well, I'll check and see if that's if my my understanding or my recollection is correct. All right. Well, let's get back to what you were saying before. So you have this $125,000 car. You right. owe, owe $30,000 in right. tax on it. And so you were saying. Well, we could. We you could, would think. We no, would, no. We I'm could so, trade the car in. Well, I'm saying that they would think that we're talking. We're trying to get into the head of this. This. The person, the everyman, that won that won the hundred twenty five thousand sure. dollars car. So he's thinking in his head, "Well, I know what I can do. I'll just take the car, and I'll trade it on a on as you said, a thirty thousand dollars car. And let's say that he gets a hundred thousand because no self respecting car dealer is going to pay you full value. Full value. So let's let's just keep the number simple. So you get a hundred thousand dollars." Deduct the thirty thousand for the new car. He writes you a check for seventy thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Now I only have to pay seventy thousand dollars on a tax on seventy thousand. Nope. You pay tax on the original income, which was the hundred hundred twenty five, and worse because you're not a businessman. You're just a poor old little blue collar taxpayer. There's no deductions here. You know, you don't get it to deduct anything off that value. You just pay on. The, so you got to come up with that $30,000 and trading the card isn't going to do you any good because that original transaction, that's the income. You got to deal with that problem. But he wrote you a check for 70000 So now you. Oh, yeah. No, the, 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 you can do that. You can do that because the the transaction of of trading in the car is actually selling the car to the dealer right. and buying the new car. And because, well, don't want to get into all the calculations and everything, but but basically you don't have any income to pay on anything further right. just on the original deal. deal yeah. So it's, you know, but the, but the tax code just in, in general, it's it's so complicated. But at the same time, for a blue collar guy that's really um, doesn't isn't on a game show, he's just earning his living and that's it. There's really uh, completing the tax return is is incredibly simple because if you're just a regular person, you don't have enough deductions, you know, to do what's called itemized deductions. Right. You simply take the standard deduction. You, know, you put down the number of of children you have, and which gets you a reduction yeah. in your in your uh, adjusted gross income. And then you take the deductions that the that you get from the government. They give you a dollar amount um, or a percentage amount that you get to then deduct, and you get to your taxable income. So if you're you know a guy that says maybe earns $50,000 and maybe he ends up paying $10,000 in taxes. Uh, you know, he's assuming his withholding is, has been appropriate. Uh, he may get a refund back, right? But completing the return is, is really simple. And quite frankly, the way things are set up these days, if you have a simple return like that, you can get it done by 
um, I forget the tax preparation H and R Block as an example. Sure. They will do your return for free. Oh. They actually will not charge you because there's nothing to it. Right. They just put in your name, your your social security number, your address, the dollar amount you get from your one W two right. or two W twos if your wife is working. They just plug that in the computer and zingo, it's gone. So like these programs like TurboTax, they'll all do it for free. And so. Yeah. Would you recommend that for, for someone mm. who's just got a simple oh, absolutely. tax return? Absolutely. Just get on there. And- I would not go to I wouldn't go to a bookkeeping service and pay. If they'll do it for free, then do it for free. Right. You know, unless you've got something else that occurred during the year that in your mind you have a question that you want answered, uh, then you know, maybe you should talk to a tax professional. But if you just got your income from your trader business, your your uh, employment, right? Absolutely, use you know TurboTax, HR Block, which whatever they'll do it for free, and it's and quite for, even if you want to do it, uh, the IRS is uh, on the web. You can just log into IRS.gov. You can go, do your taxes on the computer. Yeah, straight to the IRS. So it's, you know, as long as you got your W-2 information, it'll just do it in a, in a heartbeat. It's, it's incredibly simple. And most of the programs tell you what deductions are available, if there are any. Now there, it doesn't seem like there's, because it used to be, I remember when I would do my taxes, that I could deduct a lot of stuff. Like I, and especially because of the field that I was in, being in the entertainment industry, I could, I could deduct like my internet, my, yeah. you know, my cable bill, my cell phone, things like that. But all of that stuff has seemingly gone away. Well, it's, you it's cannot not, do that. It, it's not that. It, well, that's not really true. It hasn't gone away. What's what has happened is but they capped it. They well, they've they've continually increased what is called the standard deduction. Okay, and and first of all, you're a bad example. Because you were an independent contractor. Right. So you actually had your own business. Okay. That's different than a guy that's an employer, an employee. Sure. Okay. So you you ran your own business. So you're in a different category. If you're just an employee with with withholding, you can't deduct these expenses that you're talking about because they're what are called personal expenses. Right. And personal expenses are not deductible. So the simple, the, as I say, the the really there's nothing to do. Uh, there there can be times when you're a have just a regular W two that if you have like really large medical expenses, okay, right, yeah, uh, or other uh, you pay a really large property tax bill or something like that. There are, there are certain categories of, of things that a, just a person like you or me can, can deduct. Uh, but usually it, the standard deduction has become so large that you really have to have a significant event occur during a year on the expense side to really get into what they call itemized deductions. Gotcha. But again, talking as uh, some of the 
uh, financial planners call talk about Joe Lunchbucket. Uh, that's that's the guy that's going to just file his tax return and hopefully get a, get a uh, a refund, right? A refund, and and we might since we're just talking about you know that we could talk talk a little bit a b- little bit about withholding. You know, playing the withholding game is 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 interesting because really all you're doing with withholding is prepaying tax that's going to be effectively paid the following year. So really what you want to do if you're a taxpayer is you want to make your withholding as close to exactly what your tax bill is going to be in April. Otherwise, you're lending money to the government at no tax, so the, uh, at no interest. So the best thing to do is if you're really a guy who's, say, got a financial um, advisor, the advisor is going to say, look, set up a budget. You know, let's lay out everything. We're going to know you got you already know what you're making for the year. Right. We know what the standard deduction is. We can actually prepare your tax return in advance. We know how much tax you're going to owe. Well, let's make your withholding exactly equal to what your tax bill is going to be. Then, instead of you getting a refund 12 months later, you're going to have that money in your fat little hand now today. Right. So it's, I know people love, <laughs> I know people love to get money back the from refund. the government. Right. But it's, it's, it's really a silly enterprise because you're you're really just giving the government money and then they give it back to you without paying you any interest. Why not stick it listen in savings accounts right now you can earn five percent. Right. Well that's yeah that's money, man. Yeah. I mean even on ten thousand dollars, you know, that's that's five hundred bucks. Right. That I'd rather have five hundred bucks in my hand now. than I would uh, you know, paying the government and getting in the, and getting none of that back. So that's a, that's a planning tip that that people just in general should should look at. Yeah, because we spoke about that before. I had mentioned that to you about yeah. getting a refund or you know being excited and and that's you said the same thing to me. It, yeah, you know, it's, it's just a game, basically. It is a game, and, and, and it is a game, and and, and a losing one for for the individual as opposed to the government. Well, I mean, you know, originally when the when the tax code was was passed, which was 1913, you know, long time ago, right. 100, 110 years ago, yes, um, there was no withholding, and for the longest time there wasn't withholding, and consequently, what would happen is is uh, people were filing tax returns and not when it came time to pay their tax bill, they didn't have any money. And so this became a real problem. And uh, eventually Congress, in its wisdom, decided, well, we got to bring that to a halt. Let's turn the employer into our tax collector. So we're going to pass a law that says, Mr. Employer, you are going to collect the taxes. And that's when the withholding tax scheme came into play. It was not. It was. It was a twofold 
deal. One, the major thing was to make sure the government got paid. Right. That was one. And two, it appreciated the fact that it was going to get a lot of extra money in advance that it, w- that it wouldn't have to go out and borrow in the marketplace. So they were taking those re- that refund money and using it. And uh, so it helped the government immensely. And that, you know, over, over the years, of course, it's just, you know, gotten, you know, with the imposition of Social Security and uh, the collection of that tax, it's, uh, it's really gotten to be a, a large chunk of your, of your check right. is gone. Yeah. Yeah, and you so you're paying a lot of uh, money to the government. So it's it pays even for people that uh, aren't making a lot of money to make sure they pay the least possible. Sure, because you you're, it's your money, you earned it. You you should make sure you keep as much of it as you can uh, legally. So that's the difference between what they uh, tax evasion. And tax avoidance, there's a big difference. Avoiding tax, there is no problem with avoiding tax. Evading tax is a crime. That you don't want to do. Right. So, but if you get a tax advisor who's smart, knows the tax laws, and now we're talking about, you know, people that have more money, more assets, then there's more reason to plan, structure things. And there's all kinds of provisions in these thousands of pages of tax laws that provide all kinds of, you can call them scams or whatever, but they're legal ways of structuring things so that you don't pay tax. Right. Or you minimize tax. Well, and that's what, I mean, I think it. in this day and age, it seems like that's what people get most upset about is that it 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 seems while it may be legal that people with more money right. or, or or wealthy individuals pay less tax than people with you know yeah. le, le, than people that are like Joe lunch bucket percentage wise of their income and 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 it and it's but it's Basically, just the way that the taxes are handled and the way that the wealthy individuals distribute their money into places that that aren't necessarily, you know, that that they can avoid tax. Right. The the if if a, a taxpayer, the first person that the taxpayer should be angry at, yeah, you because know, you want to make sure. You point your anger at the right person. Right. Uh, the anger, of course. Or institution. Yeah, gets pointed at Congress. Because Congress, I told you there's that wonderful provision of the Internal Revenue Code. It says everything is taxable. Only Congress can pass laws right. that say, well, but in this case, we're going to tax it less. We're not going to tax it at all. So all kinds of beneficial provisions of the Internal Revenue Code and the regulations uh, are promulgated by Congress. I mean, they're the only ones that, make, that can make the law. So all the lobbyists, you know, when you get 
the lobbyists and the congressman in bed together. And some lobbyist says, you know, we really need to incentivize business to do this, right. this, this particular thing. How can we do that? Well, we could incentivize them by giving them a tax credit, a tax deduction, uh, something special. And businessmen are incentivized to keep as much of their profits in their pocket as they can and minimize their tax bill. So it does, it does incentivize, whether it incentivizes to the degree that they think or whatever, I, I'll leave that to the economists. But it's unquestionably, um, there are things that occur uh, in these laws. People would just be aghast at some of the, some of the provisions in the tax code and how pointed uh, they can be at times in uh, causing a deduction to be written in such a way, a law to be written in such a way that it actually only applies to one company. That a has actually occurred. Can you give an example? I can't recall the name of the, of the corporation. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, I yeah, but, but basically... They wrote a, a provision, they being Congress, Congress, into the Internal Revenue Code that when you read the law, in order to qualify for the deduction, it only could apply to one company. But what I'm saying is, is, is that they're, they're, they're creating, class, you know, A, you have to meet A through G. Right. And by the time you get down to G, You've eliminated every single other company except one. Right. And usually, a lot of times this occurs sometimes in the oil and gas business. Sure. Um, yeah, these are major, major companies. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't think they would do it with a small company. Why would they do no, that? No, but, but yeah. theoretically, it could happen to a group of middle market companies. But But then those middle market companies have to pony up a lot of money to the to the lobbyists right. in order to, you know, to get, and, and it's, it's, you know, I think they always liken uh, making legislation of any kind uh, to making sausage. You know, it's great to eat it, but it would make you throw up to watch it being made. <laughs> so that's the same way with the tax code. It's, uh, it's disgusting uh, at, at, at the least. Now, can a lobbyist be employed by a certain company or are they oh, yeah. employed by these companies? Oh, absolutely. And so, so, so a company can then pay an individual to go in and lobby on their behalf. Oh, and then that no question. lobbyist goes in and greases the wheels in your favor. Yeah. And they, and by the way, that, that happens. They also have large groups, uh, that band together or, uh, large groups of companies, uh, that form associations that hire lobbyists too to lobby on behalf of that larger group. Right. But that doesn't mean that an individual company that's part of that association can't itself hire its own lobbyist and lobby for special legislation that deals with uh, with them. And then it's not just the feds. 
you know, you're talking about states State, like California yeah, yeah, sure. that have a huge tax, uh, especially corporate corporation taxes. Uh, and Florida has a large corporation tax. So in those states, you're dealing with lobbyists that are, you know, lobbying the state legislatures because you have, you know, tax codes in each state. So you've got all of these. And like I worked for um, Monsanto uh, years ago, which was a you know multinational corporation that was had operations in almost every state. And uh, I was working for them at the time when Florida was just starting. They were formulating their corporate income tax. And we, I worked for the tax department. We put together a white paper for our legal department of how to lobby the Florida legislature. And I'm sorry, for, for those that don't know, a white paper is. Oh, it's. It's basically a position paper. It's a it's a, a a plan, a concept for what that company should be doing with the Florida legislature to try to get the get the income tax set up because you know tax isn't just oh let's create a tax. There's a whole litany of things that go into creating that tax regime. You know, I told you there's you know this law. And then there's regulations. Right. So there's there's all kinds of things that go into it. So they go, they get experts. And in some cases, the state will even go to another state that already has a tax structure. And they'll look at that other state and they may pattern their whole oh, deal yeah, after yeah. some other tax code that's been very successful. Sure. Um, and that's pretty much what the state income tax on businesses is. is uh most of them are very similar in the way they operate and the way they calculate uh, income and deductions. But because when you have a big company, not to, I don't want to get into too much detail, but when you have a big company that has operations in multiple states, you have to allocate you know, your income and expenses to each state. Right. So there are, there are ratios and percentages that are applied and all that has to be negotiated. That's all negotiated between, or not not negotiated, but the lobbyists will come in and say, well, no, 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 this needs to be this. This percentage needs to be this allocation, this ratio. No, no, that doesn't work in this state. You should do, be doing it this way. Right. And the lobbyists will try to get those ratios adjusted so that their company pays the least amount of tax in that particular state. So the lobbyists have a huge impact on how the legislation, uh, especially tax legislation, is done. And uh, what, like, if you went to school, what would you go to school for in order to become a lobbyist? Would you, would you have to go to law school to become a lobbyist? Nope. Anybody can be a lobbyist. You could be a lobbyist. I could, I could just quit my job and be a lobbyist. You today. can start a lobbying firm. There you go. Yep. That's, that's it. Just uh, go out and be Jeff Kogler lobbyist. <laughs> hey, you could do that. Maybe I'll change my last name to lobbyist. Yeah. Being, I mean, being a lawyer helps, obviously, because you know the law. You know the law. You know, you, you, you can school yourself on, on specific areas of law so that you become a, an expert. And quite frankly, anybody, if, they're, if they have the desire especially in today's age, 
you can become an expert in anything right. if you're willing to invest the time and effort to do it. Um, but if you're a lawyer, you have a law degree, um, or you're a businessman that has uh, expertise and experience in a specific line of business, like you're, you know, you worked in the oil and gas business, or you worked in um, the military industrial complex, you know, like General Dynamics or that type of thing that builds weapon systems. And if you've got a lot of expertise and you know how the sausage is made, so to speak, you can become a lobbyist easily. And in fact, that happens quite a bit when you have people leave the military or leave a large company that has had involvement. That means they've had they have contacts in those various areas, and they have some clout, so they can go in and talk with them. So they could be lobbyists, easily become lobbyists. Mm. Because all it takes is you just have to file a form with the government that says, hey, I'm a lobbyist. And then you just go out there and publicize yourself. Oh, you get somebody like, like our consultant that uh, tells them how to, uh, you know, put their name out there and become... You know, become a big deal, you know, put a Facebook, uh, you know, like, oh, like, like uh, KOE Creative, there you, you know, go. Uh, like, like those guys, they yeah. can tell you how to make a social, you know, social media presence and, you know, all that Create stuff. content, content, and, yeah. put you out there, man. Everybody's going to think you're, you're the greatest thing since <laughs> the best of the best of the best. Go follow co-creative media. <laughs> uh. So that's, um, that's how you, but, Anybody can be a lobbyist. Anybody. But that's kind of, um, you know, in a nutshell, at least getting into just the barest of essentials of taxes and so forth. That's that's kind of the way it works. And uh, we appreciate your time. And <laughs> we expect there'll be bill. a small bill, yes. bill yes. sent to you for your but for providing all this wonderful information, but to our to our listeners, of course, this is free. Yes, send us your questions. Send us your questions. We'll be happy to yeah. try and answer them for you. We'll, we'll provide educational information, which is worth exactly what you pay for it. There you go.